0: And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Hey, what's up Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. I'm very excited to be back with you with another episode with my guest, Alara Sage, who is a teacher, mentor, and healer. Alara, my friend, how are you? What is happening in your world today?
2: I'm doing fantastic It's a beautiful day here in Sedona.
0: Lovely. I want to be there because I have had some experiences there in the past and it's just such a gorgeous place. So I am in full agreement with you. Before we get in the conversation, tell us a little bit about your backstory, your journey, and what has brought you to where you are today.
2: Yes. Thank you very much for having me here yeah I mean, really, I have this really uncanny ability to follow my heart. It's something I've done since I was a child, and um at the age of nineteen years of age, I really was certain I was going to university. I was always driven in that sense, and I just had this pull all of a sudden out of nowhere to go and travel and like not go to university. and I remember just crying on the floor like in tears, so confused, you know, thinking. I've been university driven all my life. And now I have this desire to go travel the world. And uh, luckily I had very supportive parents. My mom just said, yeah, go do it while you can. So I went and traveled and I became a scuba diving instructor, which really fueled me. It really fueled just who I was and it lit me up. And every single day I was doing what lit me up. So, So intrinsic to my being, being out in nature, being in the water and being with people and teaching scuba diving to people. But that only lasted so long. You know, you can't be a scuba diver late into your years. And it wasn't something that I had really felt that I was going to do forever. So I kind of got out of that and I became very lost. I had no idea who I was or what I wanted to do. And that really led me down this road of purposelessness. And interestingly enough, I became very, very sick. I had all of these um, physical ailments start showing up and things from my past, like Lyme's disease reoccurred, and EBV, I had all these things reoccurring and I I was like chronically fatigued and I couldn't eat anything. Everything was upsetting my stomach. Like I had a list of symptoms and it was so intriguing because, you know, of course you go to the doctor when you're sick and so I was doctor after doctor after doctor and They all just basically shrugged their shoulders at me and said they had no idea what was wrong with me. And I even had one doctor when I, he was a friend of my husband's at the time. And he said that he expected me to come in in some level of depression, but I wasn't. I was like bright eyed and, and you know, cheery, except that I was chronically sick. And, you know, he was, she was shocked. He said, I thought this was going to be a, you know, depression type diagnosis. And so basically, I got no answers from anybody. At one point, I just determined like, you know, I just have to start to do this for myself. I don't know what's wrong with me. But I have to do something like I can't live my life in this way anymore. So I started to make a lot of changes to my diet. And I mean, I did a lot of different things, the list would be endless of what I did for myself. But really, I just started to really Ultimately, pursue my own personal joy, and it wasn't easy because i I didn't have a lot of joy in the moment. I I was really sick. I couldn't even like, you know, go for a, a light walk or anything. I was spent most of my time on the couch, but I, I just kept taking tiny little bites out at things that I felt lit me up from the inside. And I continued to address my physical body as best as I could as, as a non-doctor. <laughs> and, uh, I, and I healed myself. And I even had a um, infectious disease doctor. Uh, he diagnosed me with chronic Lyme. And then he took the test again and he said that I was cured from it. And I remember asking him, isn't that impossible? <laughs> and he was like, yeah. <laughs> and then he didn't, he didn't really have anything else to tell me after that. It was kind of like the end of the conversation. Um, but it was my own journey of, of really realizing really who I was in the context of who I am now as a healer, but also as a person who helps people to realign themselves in their life, because I believe very strongly that a large part of what got me sick was I had no purpose. I I I had I was completely lost in who I was. If somebody would have asked me, who are you? What are you doing? What do you want to do? What are your desires? What are your visions of yourself? I would not have had an answer. And so that really brought me around to helping other people. I knew I didn't want to heal people in the sense of become a doctor or anything like that. But I knew that I had this purpose now to help other people kind of like realign themselves. And Really find their true north is what I call it. And um I'm started meditating and I started a spiritual practice, which I had never done before. And basically uh, things just started happening to me. And I really started to learn about energy and to learn about uh, subtle energies. I became I was already psychic as a child, but I had lost that skill. So all of those skills reinvited themselves within my space and I stepped into, honestly, the most glorious life I could ever have imagined myself to be in.
0: Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Just want to take a moment and invite you to be my guest at Think Unbroken Conference this November. That's right. Think Unbroken is hosting our Unbroken Con for free. It's five days of trauma transformation information with myself, special guests, and even some of the leading experts in trauma education from around the world. For five days, we're going to jump into what it means to actually take the steps to be Unbroken. All you have to do is register for free at unbrokencon.com. That's U-N-B-R-O-K-E-N-C-O-N.com. That's right. Five days of trauma transformation information with me, special guests, and some of the world's leading trauma-trained experts for free for five days this November. More details to come, but in the meantime, go to unbrokencon.com to register, and I'll see you there. Yeah, that's an incredible story. You know, I, I think about innately the the body has this ability to heal itself. You have the ability to create this this massive change in your life. Um, there's so much to uncover in that process between childhood traumas and abuse and mindsets and limiting beliefs and then understanding energy and you know i i I try to err on the side of being like too woo woo in my own personal life but i'll tell you what like i've never had a more profound experience than like being in a sound meditation on an island in thailand as the sun was setting you know what i mean and there's like something really healing about the vibrational energy of the the world and the universe and to you know to be dismissive of that i think is to your own peril i mean we're we're literally sitting on this ball spinning in the middle of the universe that's so expansive we have no idea so you know i always try to err on the side of just curiosity probably more so than anything what do you think if you were to kind of narrow it down and, and look at the the most dramatic shift that happened for you what would it be like how would you how would you convey that
2: well, there was a moment. So with the chronic Lyme's, you know, I got diagnosed by two doctors with that. And so I started going down a rabbit hole of what is chronic Lyme's? And I, you know, and and I just want to start off with like, I wasn't into spirituality. I like actually wasn't into woo at all. So it wasn't like I was leaning towards that side. I was really like, I don't know, you know, what to do with myself. So as I got diagnosed, I started to do all this research, right? And read what is chronic Lyme's and what does it do? And, and there's something called spirochetes with chronic Lyme's. And, you know, it says that around the full moons, they get like activated and you get what's called a Herx reaction. Like you have a, like an episode kind of thing. And so as I was reading this, I started to experience Lyme's disease more intensely. And then the full moon would come around and I'd be like, oh, I feel so much worse. I, and I just,
0: started
2: happening. And then I started watching myself and I started to just observe what was happening. And I saw how I was reading this information and then in some way it was happening more. And I mean, I now completely understand what was happening but at the time I didn't, again, I wasn't into woo-woo stuff. I wasn't into spirituality, and, but I saw the pattern. And I saw that I was perpetuating this. And I'm not saying that illness is a perpetuation in any way, shape, or form. I think it's real. But I was adding to it. And so one day I just said to myself, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop even saying that I had it. And I'm just going to start speaking to myself completely differently. And I just shifted. And that was the point that I started to pull out of it. It took still a lot of effort and a lot of time. But that was my turning point.
0: You know, I, that made me think of I, I interviewed Kelly Gores a few years ago, who um, created the documentary Hill. and a big part of her journey, which was also part of mine, and obviously I hear in yours was just shifting the way you talk to yourself about that, because there, there's so much power in your mind. But I, I want to rewind before we go down that path, because I think it's really fascinating. And it's held true in my life. But what what were you doing to perpetuate it? Like, what were the things that were happening that were action items that you were ticking off in your day day-to-day life to to help induce or even, you know, have these moments in which it got worse.
2: Yeah, definitely just literally saying, I have credit, but I would talk about it all the time. I have it. And it was a real ownership, right? Like I was owning that I had it and not in a way of like, I have it and I'm ready to heal from it. I was like, I have it and it's holding me back. It's, you know.
0: Was it like a death sentence kind of conversation? Yeah, I feel
2: like it was, you know? And and then again, the full moon, and I would talk to my, I'm divorced now, but at the time it was my husband, I'd be like, yeah, so every time the full moon comes, the spirochetes do this, and then there's Herc reactions, and I would I would say it all. I would like tell the story, and then I would go through the exact story, and when I would talk to people, I would tell them all my symptoms. I just kept verbalizing everything.
0: Yeah, there's like a reinforcement in that, right? Because where attention goes, energy follows. And and I think that applies to so many facets of life. I mean, in the same way that you can tear yourself down, you can build yourself up with that energy. And so as you're in this, and, and what I hear really probably more so than anything is just acknowledgement, but acknowledgement in a way that isn't about, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but this is what comes to my mind is acknowledgement without victimhood ultimately becomes a shifting point. Does that, does that sound true for you?
2: Yes, Definitely. And I, and I feel like it's there's a, a balance between not being a victim and then also not like dismissing that it's happening to you, right? This like ability to say, okay, this is happening to me, but I want to experience something else.
0: Mm. Yeah. And, and in that, like, how did you come to terms with that? Because I think a lot of people listening will be in this place where physically, mentally, emotionally, they're dealing with something, right? And, you know, I had Dr. Caroline Leaf on, who is one of the world's most renowned experts in the human brain. And she goes, you know, if you talk to yourself in a certain way, that will be your truth. That will be your reality, something I reiterate all the time. But for you, like, what what became the shift? Like, did you have a, was it like a rock bottom moment? Was you just looking at your life? Were you For me, it became, I'm tired of my own shit, so I'm gonna try this other thing. But like, what happened for you?
2: It was that moment where I just realized that I was creating it through my voice. And then I literally said, no more, I'm not gonna say I have it, I'm not gonna speak about it anymore. And I literally said out loud, I'm going to heal myself. And my voice started to say to everybody, I'm healing myself, I'm healing myself, I'm healing myself. And so instead of, I have all of these symptoms, I have all of this, I just shifted. And it was just one point where I just, it was like a light bulb went off. I was just shown how I was creating and perpetuating it further. And so as soon as I realized that, I, I owned it. I said, all right, that's what I'm doing. And, and now I'm going to do this. And I just started speaking out loud in in a forward movement.
0: What happened after that? Because I think, you know, there's obviously probably a gap in time between feeling like you should feel and that moment of decision so what started to transpire what was the journey to healing
2: i mean it definitely took time and effort and i feel like one of our strongest you know traits is our our conviction of of what we believe and and i've always had this ability to say i'm going to do this and when i say it to myself like i won't say something to myself unless i'm going to do it because to me, I've never, I've never wanted to lie to myself. Like if I say I'm going to get up every day and work out, I won't say that to myself until I'm ready. And so as soon as I said that to myself, it was all about taking action in that direction, you know? So I just started to, I mean, I I honestly don't even completely remember everything I did, but, um, I just, was really open to what my intuition was driving me towards as far as taking action every single day. And there were a lot of days where I felt like I would take a step forward and then take five steps back. But I would again just reiterate to myself, I can do this because everything I've ever told myself I can do, I have done. And I and again, I have that, I've had it since I was a child. So I have that to lean on. And so I was always like, nope, I said I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Even if it takes, you know, 10 years, which it didn't. But so it was about those tiny steps forward, tiny steps forward. And then there was a point where it's kind of like a snowball, you know, going down the, the hillside. I, don't, I, always, I always get that vision. I don't know why. <laughs> where it starts to really double in size. And so there was a point that my body just hit where it started to feel a lot better. And then it just really uh, shifted extravagantly.
0: That's beautiful, and I would have to imagine that other areas and aspects of your life started to shift as well.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I ended up getting a divorce. <laughs> at no, like
0: I don't think that's the parlay people expected. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was at no fault. I mean, we had a beautiful relationship, and I love him dearly. We have children together. But it was because the whole process is about who am I? That's really what I was trying to get myself to acknowledge through all of that. And so that question really started to point to me that I I was, again, in the space of purposelessness. And who did I really want to be? And what did I really want to do? And I really wanted to help people. And I did start going into this very, very spiritual realm and very energetic and subtle and psychic and healing and my partner, he's very, he was very analytical and very finance numbers guy. And he just, we weren't on the same plane. Um, so yeah, it absolutely radically shifted my entire reality.
0: It's interesting. And I, I think the question that most people are consumed with is who am I? You know, it's one of the the greatest challenges that we face it, in the human experience, in my opinion, is trying to get to that place. So was it the experiences that you were having? Was it the, the work? Like what was bringing you to this place where you had the willingness to answer that question for yourself?
2: I am such a positive individual. And like I said, I've had this uncanny ability to follow my heart. So I had a really wonderful life. Um, I mean, I was a scuba instructor for eight years. I traveled the world. Like I, you know, it's, I've just had a really good life. I mean, I've had my struggles, But that was like the lowest point of my life ever. And so to me, it was like something isn't right here. Like I've never felt like this. I'm not this kind of person. Like not that that's a kind of person, right? But that's just what was going through my head at the time. And so it was like this, there's got to be something more to this. Like Again, my intuition was guiding me to understand that there's something more than just like limes or ebv like there was something deeper going on and so it was through my process of owning that and moving through that that i started to get the messages intuitively of what was really occurring and that was my big slap that was my big wake-up call that was my big, you're not true north right now you're you're really off center you're off kilter
0: what was i mean like where does that come from though was it because Of the status of your relationship, of your health, like, because I I think there's always signs, right? there's always something right here. But what prompted you to actually listen? Because I, I think for people and myself too, I always include myself in this kind of conversation. Like sometimes this fucking signs. It's like right there, pay attention. Right. But what, what prompted you to actually be willing to step into that? Because there's a lot of trust that somebody has to have for themselves to have the willingness to go into, and sometimes it's dark, right? Like, like how do you get to that place?
2: No, it was definitely my health because I, I had started working out when I was like 15 years of age. I was always very active and, and I always felt good uh, emotionally, mentally, and physically. So to feel, I mean, I was on the couch for hours and hours a day, unable to move, you know, just feeling exhausted. And I couldn't eat everything I ate. My body was, unha- I had intense intense stomach cramps that like folded me over in in pain for hours. I mean, it was so extreme. And my body had never really acted like that. And so those that kind of like intensity to me was again what was like there's something wrong here because it didn't you know there was something that happened to me. Right? It wasn't like I you know went somewhere and kicked up a sickness it wasn't like i got in a car crash there wasn't this like moment i just started getting very sick very quickly so there was nothing i could point it to and be like oh well that makes sense because yeah you know i got in a car crash so it makes sense that i am now you know have a broken leg like it was like why am i getting sick and then i just started getting worse and worse and worse and you know we had our house mold tested you know we had our, and there was nothing that i could point to seemingly external of myself and so i had no choice but to <laughs> point it at myself
0: that's interesting that's actually a really interesting concept because then that means that you've eliminated all other possibility and you know i i had this thought as you were speaking just now and i wonder if You know, if you've ever read "The Body Keeps the Score" by Bessel van der Kolk, there's this an experience of, you know, your body truly will give you signs, it will give you indications, it will it will show you what you want to avoid, and I think that's a really true way of saying that. Do you think that it was there was a part of yourself you weren't living into, and that's why your body was kind of rebelling against you?
2: Yes, one hundred percent. Um, you know, I got married for the wrong reasons. I was living a life that just wasn't, wasn't me. And uh, had no fault of, you know, my ex-husband at all. It was, it was my choice. And I found myself really living the life that he wanted and not living the life that I wanted. And I found myself moving further and further away from, again, what brought me joy and what really lit me up. And, um, you know, looking back afterwards, I can see how my body had given me signs. I, you know, I could see how there had been signs that I hadn't seen and recognized. And so, again, getting really sick really quickly was, to me, that really big smack to wake up.
0: Did, did that feel like a stress response?
2: Um, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure how to answer that question. Um, I feel like it was, it was my higher self telling me that I was off, off my path. And it, it, I mean, it just, it forced me to, it forced me to pay attention. I'm super grateful for it, of course, now.
0: Yeah, I, I resonate with that a lot. And for me, it was a, a very similar experience. Like I just, the, the more I moved away from what felt like to be true for me um the more sick i started to get in my late 20s and i mean there were other reasons too but i i think like a a big part of it was just the lack of paying attention the lack of care the lack of you know the the showing up daily as who i wanted to be because this this terrifying aspect of the need to fit in to be fulfilled through other people to hopefully feel like I can have connection with people by being what they want. And, and I think you're right there, you know, your higher self, that that part of you that knows what you're capable of doing is like, hey, dummy, pay attention. And if you don't pay attention, it will show you ways to pay attention. And and so I'm curious, as as you proceed, and you continue to step into life as you are being optimistic, which I think is a, a really beautiful trait. Um, how, how do you navigate that moment in which you're like, okay, I have to make this really hard decision. How do you reconcile that with yourself while you have all this chaos of life happening? You know, whether that be changing lifestyle or, you know, having a divorce or stepping into ultimately what your power is. Cause I think so often we just, we wanna hold on so tightly, right? And I'm sure you see this in the people that you work with and and the people you mentor is like, there's this need for the continuation of, for lack of a better way to phrase it, suffering. And so I'm wondering, you know, what is it that you've seen in yourself that you help other people discover in the willingness to kind of step into what is next? Hey Unbroken Nation, we'll be right back to the show, but I wanted to let you know that you can grab a copy of my first book,
2: Yeah, definitely as I've gone through my process, my availability to go off of what I call true north is, is smaller and smaller. And so I always call it like sandpaper on the side of my face. Like if I start to kind of veer, it starts to feel like a little bit of friction. So first off, I'm much more in tune to that, the subtle signs and the subtle friction. So I immediately write myself. But um, to answer your question, you know, to me, it's just not worth it. Like what I have experienced when I have gone off True North has always been painful, whether that's emotional, physical, or mental pain. And, you know, I think part of the journey is falling off. It is going off of True North. Because I always say with my clients, like I always tell them, it's like, you know, it's on on your train, it's your train of true self, and you're going to fall off. (laughs) And every time you fall off, it hurts. And then you get back on and you're like, oh, this feels so much better. And then you're going to fall off again. And it's important to fall off because every time you fall off, you re-establish in yourself and you deepen into what do I truly value here? What do I really want for myself? And what we want is that peace. We want that centeredness. We want that joy. We want that fulfillment. We want that happiness that comes from being our most authentic, truest version of ourself. And yes, we get pulled off because of society or because of pressure, or because of things that we think we're supposed to be doing or how we think we're supposed to be acting or by being accepted or appreciated by others. But every time we do that, we're going to hit some pain point. That's the whole point of pain. It's like sticking your hand on a hot stove. The whole point is to draw our awareness to it. Right. So we can be like, oh, my hand's on a hot stove. I should take it off. So the pain is our teacher. It is the the thing that's trying to help us see when am I not feeling that pain? So for me, I don't try to tell my clients to not feel it or to not do it. Like every time they do it, I'm right there with them, supporting them and helping them understand. Okay, So what did what action did you take that created that pain? And then how did that feel? Right. And just being really honest with yourself. How did that feel? Being able to look at it and be present with how you feel. Because when you can really acknowledge, yeah, that hurt. Or, yeah, I don't feel so good. Or, ah, I don't want to be here. Then you're setting yourself, just like I did in that pivotal moment of, wow, I'm creating this by emphasizing it, being my voice. As soon as I acknowledged and really was present with the fact that I was doing that, and I didn't want to feel that way. That's such a valuable point of awareness. So as soon as you notice that and you really acknowledge how you're feeling and that you took action that created that feeling, and now you can take action to pull yourself out of that feeling, that's really such a valuable teaching moment for yourself.
0: Yeah, it, it truly is, and there's a space in that to give yourself a ton of grace and some empathy, and recognize like you're you're gonna fuck up, like it's just part of this journey, and to be okay with that. One of the things I want to I want to rewind a little bit that you said that I think is really important that that I don't want to overshadow and. I think about this every single day. It's like, how do you mitigate the risk of the rock bottom being the determining factor in creating change in your life? And you said, you know, you pay attention to these small signs. It's like sandpaper on your face. Um, what are the small signs? Because I, if I think if people can pay attention a little bit sooner, maybe rock bottom doesn't have to happen.
2: I love that so much. And um, our emotions. Our emotions are our guidance system. So we're feeling what we call high vibratory emotions, uh, joy, bliss, gratitude, love, appreciation, uh, grace, forgiveness. Those are high vibratory emotions. Those are trying to simply point that, hey, what you are believing in the moment, what you're experiencing and or believing in the moment is in alignment with your true self. And the lower vibratory emotions, which are not bad. One's not bad and one's not good. They're just different, right? I want to emphasize that. Low vibratory emotions like shame, hate, anger, judgment, frustration, anxiety, sadness, which can go either way because you can be grieving as well. But, you know, just like more just like sadness over life. Those emotions are trying to point to you where you are believing or experiencing something that is actually not true Norse for you. And so as you start to, again, really become aware of how am I feeling? And I do this all the time with my clients. I I have them start to become vulnerable with themselves by literally saying out loud to themselves throughout the day, nobody has to be around, but I'm feeling this. And just like acknowledging it and owning it from a space of compassion and love for self. Like I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling frustrated. I'm feeling pretty peaceful, right? Whatever it is, just really owning it for yourself. Then you're going to start to have awareness for what it is in your life that you're experiencing and doing and thinking, and then thus what emotions you're having because of that. And you start to become more and more subtle where you are living a very high vibratory life, you're living in joy and gratitude and bliss. And then the most subtlest thing will start to bring in another emotion. And it's like, oh, wonderful. What is that emotion trying to teach me? What is it trying to show me? Rather than like, I don't want to feel this, right? It's like, okay, what are you trying to show me? Like frustration is my biggest teacher. For me, it's like, oh, there's a little bit of frustration. Sweet. I just stop. I breathe. What am I trying to show myself here? And I always get shown and then I just get to rewrite myself. And it's very quick and easy and continuous.
0: What do you do when you get stuck and trapped in an emotion, when you're beating yourself up, where you're you're looping in sadness, you're looping in anger and frustration and guilt and shame. And it, it just seems to be at the forefront that this lower vibration is kind of taking control of your life. Like Like, what do you do when that's happening?
2: There's a couple of different things we can do. One of I'm, I'm gonna say a couple of things. One, you can acknowledge that, you know, in English we say, I am sad, I am angry. And there's other languages that say things like, sadness is upon me, which I really like because it's not identifying. Like you're not the sadness, you're not the anger, you're whatever emotion you're feeling, that's not actually who you are. So sometimes just acknowledging like, hey, I'm feeling sadness. It doesn't mean that I am sadness or anger, et cetera, it can help create a buffer. It's called the observer witness. It just allows us to observe the emotion without saying, that's me. Because I'm sad, that means I'm a sad person, right? Or I'm an angry person. So it creates a little bit of, of a buffer and it allows for you to just to simply observe the emotion. And that allows the space for the emotion to move through your space. However, Sometimes it's really intense, right? And and even doing that doesn't really seem to pull us out of that. That's where I feel like taking action can really help pull us out of that. Taking action, doing something that you love, doing something that lights you up, being with people that you feel seen and heard by, just spending time with them. For me, going through my divorce and my big transition of all of this, I spent a lot of time, every single day I was out in Gaia in nature because I would have all these emotions and I would go out there and and she would just like basically suck them right out of me is what I always say. But having something and having a toolbox, it's important to know what, what things. Already having that list in your head, this I like to do, I like to do this. And so having that toolbox ready so you're not in that intense emotion trying to figure out Oh, what is it that brings me joy? Because when you're really sad, you can't always connect to that. So if you have that toolbox already, taking action to pull yourself out of that, because action is how we actualize energy into the physical reality. So if we take action in something that literally brings us joy, it's going to help move that energy.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I I think... One of the really difficult conversations that you have to have with yourself when you are trapped in an emotion is well especially a negative emotion right you can also get trapped in positive emotions trust me the world is not always as sunny as we want it to be um but especially when you're trapped in those negative emotions like there is a literal sense of forcing that out through action right going and walking in nature or you know meditating journaling going to the gym moving your physical body having dinner with friends like whatever that thing is because if we're often i think there comes this place where you're in rumination to the point of destruction and i think that's really dangerous because you know you start to loop in your mind and you go okay this is who i am and i, I love what you pointed to in the idea about not being your emotion. And I think about it every day, you're you're not your emotions. Emotions are a part of life and the things that are happening to us. And you don't have to be trapped in it, but you have to be very cognizant. Like you must pay attention. And and I, I think that the the more you you know listen to a show like this or read books or have mentors, the more you understand how to navigate that. And that certainly took me a long time to be able to understand as someone is going through this and they're they're wanting to step into these other emotions they're learning they're they're taking action they're doing these things but they're not sure they're they're kind of where you were a, a few years ago and they're like okay I feel purposelessness I feel like I don't know what to do I there's a lot of things calling to me but nothing interests me blah blah, blah. well you know whatever that may be what advice do you have for someone or, or what do you do really to find purpose, to to find that true north in that direction you should be heading in your life?
2: Yeah, what comes through right now is a lot of times, you know, some level of community can really help us. And, and I'm not really a community person, <laughs> which kind of makes me laugh when I say that it comes through. But, you know, even just community as in friends and people that, again, you feel connected to. So if, if there's some, something that you like to do that you don't think is your purpose, but you can go and be a part of something with other people, it starts to, again, give us the sense of purposefulness. Um, and, and then it starts to ignite us. But really how I work with clients, because a lot of times people come to me and they don't know what their purpose is. And so it is about asking yourself difficult questions. And it is about that constant, I personally love self-inquiry of just like, I can do it still to this day. I have a very successful business and there's like, I don't even know how many days out of a month. I'm like, huh, I don't know. Is this still what I should be doing? Because there's always that availability to shift, to change, to grow. So when you start really asking yourself, you just start asking the question, what do I really want to do? What really lights me up? What can I really think of myself as doing that would bring me fulfillment, bring me joy, and not needing to know the answer right away? Because unless you're tapped into your higher self, you're most likely not going to get an instant answer. But If you ask questions, the answers will come. You just have to ask the question, put it out there, keep asking, and be ready for that guidance through your, your physical reality.
0: Yeah, I I love that and that's so true. And I say all the time, like if I wake up tomorrow and I realize like I don't want to do this anymore, it it's over. It's done. You know, and I think I think that's such an important part of the human experience is not to be dogmatic about your own experiences and realize like change is inevitable. And because you did something for eight years don't does not mean you have to do it for nine and vice versa, right? and and there's i think there's a, a sense of freedom in that there's an ability to really discover who you are you hear so often about people who they kind of just reinvent themselves time and time again i mean you know look at someone like madonna she's had a career for like 40 years and she's a different person all the time with the willingness to tap into that now I think that applies true to us in real life as well, and to to honor that and to hold that and to to see what happens because you'll be surprised, right? You know, one day you're like, oh, I'm corporate executive, and then next thing you're like, I have a podcast, right? Like that's how life goes, and it's really fascinating, right? Um, what piece of advice do you, or or what thing do you think would be most practical and for and important for people to take away as they start to head into what's next in their life?
2: I can't emphasize enough the connecting to the things that really bring you joy. You know, our society has really kind of dumbed those down. And we've been this big focus on career and success and even a focus on family. And maybe you find a lot of joy in isolation, whatever that is, like really connecting to those things and making time and space for those. Because what that does is it really lights us up energetically every time we engage in those activities for ourselves. And the more that we do that, the more that that true north for ourselves becomes apparent and we get to see it and then we can take action towards it.
0: Yeah. That's so true. And and honoring that for yourself, too. Even today, I was just thinking to myself, it's time to sign up for Muay Thai again, you know, after a surgery I had in February. I was like, I miss that happiness that that brings me, that martial arts brings me. So, yeah, just honoring that, putting that into your life. I, I love that you said that about joy because you're right. It is. We live in a very career, family, money, possession oriented um experience and just last night i was on a walk and there was a woman sitting at the lake like drawing the lake with pastels this is a beautiful piece of art and i was like that person is in their place right now and you know i think a lot of people unfortunately feel fear about the things that make them happy and and i hope and i encourage that they will go and step into that fear and find out how in your words joyful it certainly can be Laura, my friend, this has been a phenomenal conversation. Before I ask you my last question, can you tell everyone where they can find you?
2: Yes, definitely. My website, www.alarasage.com. And um, I'm also on YouTube, so they can just search Alara Sage. I have a lot of free content on there, and so I'm always bringing free videos and free content. I'm also on Instagram at Alara Sage, so any of those three places are excellent.
0: Brilliant. And of course, we'll put the links in the show notes. My last question for you, my friend, what does it mean to you to be unbroken?
2: What comes up for me is resilience. Again, what I was saying before is falling off the train is just as important as staying on the train. And it it reminds me of like soft tissue. When soft tissue breaks, it, it comes back together and with scar tissue, which is actually stronger uh than just the regular tissue. So to me, unbroken is is the ability to fall off and to to dust yourself off and to get back on.
0: Brilliantly said, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Unbroken Nation, thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, tell a friend. And until next time, my friends, be Unbroken. I'll see ya. learn, grow, heal, change, and transform our trauma into triumph. I would love to have you come and be a part of the brand new community. Just check out thinkunbrokenacademy.com or click the link in the podcast description. And I cannot wait to see you there, my friend. Again, just head over to thinkunbrokenacademy.com. And until then, be unbroken. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken